no problem at all, man. Lacom was all nice to be speaking to you, bro. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, and thank you for taking the time and having a chat with me. I appreciate it. So tell us a little bit more about what you do uh, as an artist. Tell me about your music. And yeah, go for it. Man, oh man. Well, I, I like to play music from time to time. I mean, you know, just just to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, goodness me, man. It's... It, it, it it's it's quite a big range i must say i mean i, I love music i love doing it um as a living it is challenging it is hard it's not always easy but it is damn well rewarding if i could say you know um and um you know what i was actually pleasantly surprised when i went onto your page earlier and uh, i saw some of the metal vibes that you do man because um Metal is actually a massive uh, in- influence in my life. I've listened to metal from the get-go. And um, people get so confused, obviously, you know, when I tell them that because... I was literally about to say... I was, I was literally about to... From, from, listening, from listening to your music... Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't get a guess that a guy like me that's making like indie folk vibes listens to like, you know, uh, Black and Deathcore by night, you know, I mean, I really, I, I love it. I, lo- I absolutely love it. I mean, three of my favorite bands at the moment are probably Spirit Box, Lorna Shaw and Bad Omens, man. I, I just love it. <laughs> like, I, I find that hilarious, though, because it's the opposite with me, because like, I'm mostly like a metalhead and like a metal guitarist. Like people are shocked to find out that I, I absolutely love Doja Cat. So I have, I know exactly what you mean, dude. I know exactly what you mean by that, that confusion. So what do you actually listen to? <laughs> like That's amazing. I mean, well, you know what? Like, first of all, that plays just an amazing contrast in like a, 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 per, a creative person's, you know, expressive uh, outtake, you know, I mean, in the sense of like, you know, it's, you're you're putting out like super metal stuff and then you're listening to chilled stuff or like you're really like releasing very mellow music in in my shoes and then you're listening to the heaviest stuff out there you know so um bro to be honest with you i mean it's a it's a mix of everything you know um I began the journey when I was about fourteen or fifteen I got my first guitar and um it was it was full on like metal vibes around that time, you know. I mean, every kid goes through like that. I guess that angsty stage when you when you're a teenager, you know. I mean, the Slipknot is blasting strong. You've got their whole discography on your your old ass BlackBerry phone, you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean that was me, you know. I uh, I just had the Slipknot's discography, and that's what I used to listen to, and. Um, you know, like, I, I, I love to play guitar. I played a bit of metal vibes, but I also just love to pluck and, you know, um, go along with, you know, some indie kind of vibes. And, you know, then I got a, uh, an introduction to the electronic side of things when I was about 19 years old. And, I mean, that's where I pretty much became that kid that looked like you just, stepped out of Woodstock Festival. I mean, you know how everyone is dressed up at Woodstock. It's like full-on pajama pants, headband around the curly freaking hair, um, San Pedro cactus in the arm, you know. I mean, that was the kind of vibe that I was around that time, you know. So the whole psychedelic trance scene just put me really hard. And um, I, I kind of just got 
is so absorbed into this world and it was amazing i mean it, it was really really great i'm glad that i got introduced to it but I mean, after a while of like playing shows and DJing and everything, I mean, not that I don't enjoy it. I just, I knew something was missing. And when lockdown came around, um, you know, there's no parties that are happening. So it's not exactly like you can draw any reputation or significance from, from any of these parties happening. So, I mean, I was sitting there, you know, in my sister's lounge um, because I, at the time, actually, didn't have a place of my own in Cape Town. I moved to Cape Town in 2020. And um, I, I had so much time to myself. And, man, I mean, my mind was going insane, Marcel. I mean, when I say insane, dude, it's like I couldn't keep track of what was going on in my mind. Because, I mean, it's like you have so much time to yourself. What do you do with it? So I picked my guitar up again. I started writing again. And... Um, yeah, somewhere along the lines, What Makes Us Fly was born, and um, I just started working on that piece of music, and something just felt good about it, you know, something something flowed, and um, I decided to just go with it, and here we are, man. I mean, it's been out for about two months now, and um, I'm actually just stoked to finally have music out there. Um, so yeah, you could say I'm that, I'm that kid that kind of looks, you know, maybe peaceful and Zen, but I, I, I do love a lot of different, um, kinds of music, you know, um, on the spectrum. So, so yeah, that's, uh, that brings us to today. I say this like in almost every episode these days, but if you do not listen to so different types of music, you are limiting yourself as an artist. You're limiting your ability to grow and experience new things and the potential to be exposed to new ideas that you would not have any other way, like any other way come up with. So many artists like limit themselves by just being like, this is my, this is my corner. This is it. Yeah. This is me. Exactly. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more, man. I mean, there is, there's so much talent out there. It's actually ridiculous, you know? And I mean, it's, even if you're not a fan of a genre, I mean, like between you and I, I mean, there's probably genres that both of us are not kind of leaning towards on a daily basis, but yet it doesn't mean that there's zero talent in that genre, you know? So, um, there's, there's so much talent to go around and so much creative expression, you know, whether it's, whether you're screaming and growling, whether you're kind of singing in a falsetto tone, whether you're playing a cello or playing a sitar or a didgeridoo, I mean, man, there's just so much to go around. And the thing that's captivated me lately is seeing how so many genres are actually um, blending into one another, you know, I mean, especially in the latest metalcore that we're hearing these days, like Bad Omens and Spirit Box and Falling in Reverse and all of this. It's amazing to see how, you know, genres like pop, I mean, you'd never think that pop and metalcore would actually be mixing in a genre. It's, it's insane. And it sounds so good. Are you, are you referring to the Edge Ran and uh, Bring Me the Horizon thing with the pop and metal? That, yes, exactly that. I mean, I'm grateful to Bring Me the Horizon for putting kind of metalcore on the map, you know, in the public eye. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, no, that is like incredible. Like I, that, that version of um, Bad Habits is 
so sick and it was like the most unexpected thing but i loved it so much i've been a, a bring me the horizon fan since the council blessing days oh man council blessing oh pray for plagues and all for his day and all of that i mean that's where we our teenage years were born man <laughs> no for sure like I, now like having this like sort of view on you know merging of musics and like enjoying that so much would you say that would be sort of like it links back to your music creation, you know, with the way you describe yourself in terms of, you know, mixing electronic and acoustic sounds. Now, would that like joy that that sort of brings you, it inspire you into the kind of music that you're making now? Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, like people kind of, uh, people ask me, you know, what's, what's the future of Luke and Joshua? You know, I mean, what's the way forward? What's it going to sound like? And I actually end up telling them I have no idea. Like time is only going to tell because um, it's not like I want to put it in a box and say, okay, this is the kind of vibe that I'm going for. This is the sound, you know, this is, uh, it's going to sound like Hosier or like Alt J or Ben Howard or something like that. You know, it's, it's more along the lines of, you know, as I go through life, I just pick up more and more instruments and I learn more things and more kind of different diverse sounds captivate me. So yeah, bro, you know what? I, I, I love just dabbling in everything, you know? Um, I have a, I have an amazing girlfriend who's, um, who's been practicing her screamo vocals for the past couple of months. And we're, we're in the process of writing some metal together because we both just love metal so much. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of focusing more along the gent metal core kind of side of things. Um, you know, so it got that kind of vibe going, but like in, in regards to Luke and Joshua, you know, I mean, I, I'm just kind of going where the wind is taking me at the moment. And, um, you know, the songs that are coming up, are definitely of a similar nature to what makes us fly in the sense of there's still that uplifting, um, that uplifting upbeat kind of anthem vibe to it, you know? Um, and, but I think that it has different elements of, you know, I wouldn't say different genres, but I, um, I, I'd just say it's, it's something unique, but at the same time, it's simple, um, not to confuse a listener too much. <laughs> I, it, it fascinates me because I was listening to what makes us fly today and I can definitely hear those elements, like those, the mixture of those two elements. And now I, you refer to yourself as a producer as well. Did you create the, like the, the beat and the stuff? Did you produce the whole song yourself? I did indeed. I did indeed, man. Yeah. So, um, the the song got bred um, from a friend of mine and I actually having a jam session in uh, in lockdown, and uh, we were sitting with our guitars and literally just playing around, and then we got onto the certain chord progression, and then I kind of just randomly started to sing, and together we sing da la da, and then afterwards I kind of stopped and I was like, wait. That's actually quite cool. <laughs> I was like, maybe I should like invest in that idea, you know? And, um, yeah, um, I, I pretty much came home that day, opened up the laptop, turned on the monitors and I was like, okay, let me see what I can do with this. So I kind of thought, okay, what would 
what would best accompany a a sort of singing melody like that? So I was like, okay, what about um, a, a concept where the listener can perform the song while they're listening to it, kind of similar to what Queen did with We Will Rock You, you know? I mean, the whole... And I was like, okay, well, that's an amazing concept. So... Um, I called my housemate over. I was like, dude, I need you to help me with something. And uh, we decided to set up the condenser mic. Um, and we both stood in front of the microphone, did a take of stomps and claps. And then we went and stood all the way at the back of the room and did another one, like a stomp and clap. And then we went and stood in the hallway of the house and did a stomp and clap. And the reason why we did that is to create a bit of a three-dimensional feel for that whole, like, you know, stomp and clap vibe so that it can actually sound like a crowd is doing it, you know? So, um, yeah, it, it basically came from that. And then um, I just added layers of my vocals. I, I had so much fun doing that because, I mean, when it comes to harmonies and everything, like, especially African-wise, I'm just... Uh, I'm so captivated in it, man. I mean, wow. I love it. Like, I really love the harmonies that you, you chose to do. Like in the da, 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 da. I really, like those harmonies were so cool. Like I really enjoyed that aspect of the song. And just the, the, the process that you went through to get like the stomps and the claps, like that is so sick. I would never have thought that that's how it was done. No, oh, no, thanks, bro. No, it was, it was so much fun. We, we really had a good time with it. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of cool little, uh, you know, sounds in there that people might not hear, but it just like complements the sound. I mean, you'd never think that there's a there, there was a teaspoon hitting a mug like uh, in that song. I mean, we were standing in front of the microphone hitting a teaspoon on a mug to create some of like the actual rhythmic sounds, and it's it's barely noticeable, but. It just complements the fuller picture at the end of the day, you know? <laughs> That's so cool, though. That's so cool. So, yeah, man, it was a fun project to tackle. Um, I I initially didn't have any of that synth bass in it, actually. You know, there was no kind of boom in it. It was, it was more just raw the whole way through. And funny enough, uh, you'd never guess the person that actually suggested I put in a solid bass line. Um, it was Corin Zoid, bro. <laughs> um, so Corin Zoid is a, is a regular customer of mine at the coffee shop that I work at part-time. And um, I, the one day she said, please send me the song so I can, I can give it a listen, you know? I mean, let's, let's see what, what you got. And I sent it to her and she said she loved it. She's just like, bro, you need a solid bass in there. And I was like, damn, that is what I'm missing. And then the synth bass came in and I was like, wow, this changes it up completely. I mean, we went from full organic acoustic vibes all the way through to like, I don't know, an acoustic Imagine Dragons kind of vibe, you know, like what has this become? <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad I turned out. That's such a sick story though. Like to have the input of someone who's been doing it for so long. And to to get that input must have been amazing, and I've, it made the world of difference. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, bro. Karen Zoid is an amazing person, and um, she's such a great inspiration of mine as well. And you know what? I think it was because of her as well. 
that I've really made the moves in my career that I have, you know, because um, she's actually been someone who's, who's been established in the scene for so long. And um, she's the kind of person that is not afraid to just be open with everyone and actually sit down and provide help. You know, I mean, there was, there was a few times where I sat down with her and I'm like, you know, Karen, how do I do this thing? Like, how do I be a musician as a living? You know, like, how do I actually go about it? And the advice that she she gave to me at those times is the very reason why I'm actually starting to believe in myself, you know, for the first time in a very long time. Um, so um, it's amazing to get the input of someone like that, you know, that's been so established and not afraid to pass on the mantle of information to, you know, the next upcoming musicians um, in South Africa. Well, that's incredible. Like just hearing stories like that is so wholesome because a lot of people tend to be sort of skeptical of people like in, I guess you could say positions of power, like especially in the music scene, people have established and whatnot. And it often get, you get the feeling that people are trying to hold on to their, their spot, their information, their way of doing things and like to hear that that it's someone who is so well established that is just so freely giving information and saying i love what you're doing do a b and c here's here's my advice to you and here's them here's what i've learned no exactly no absolutely marcel it's it's amazing you know and i mean um i i Unfortunately, not everyone is like that, you know, but I honestly think that everyone should be like that because um, I know that that's how I would like to be one day. You know, if there's someone who um, requires assistance from me in any shape or form, I would love to give that to that person, you know, um, because at the end of the day, I think like knowledge is is pretty much like water and fluid, you know, I mean, I always view it this way, you know, whenever you get knowledge of and wisdom of some sort, it should be passed down, you know, um, it pretty much relates to like a stream, you know, you've got ponds that kind of like join into one another and eventually go into the ocean. But now if the water goes through like a stream and it stops in one of the ponds, that water starts to deteriorate and fester in that in that pond because it's not actually being passed through to the other pond, you know. Um, so, I mean, what I mean by that analogy is like all of us are pretty much different ponds and we just need to keep passing on information to each other and uplifting one another and encouraging one another. Um, because at the end of the day, I mean there's so much talent around. I mean, it's ridiculous how I'll listen to some people that haven't bothered to put any of their music or their art in the public ear and, you know, or the public eye. And I'm just sitting there like, wow. I mean, that it touches a person's heart and you just so badly want other people to be touched the way that you, you were touched, you know, by that person's art. So yeah, man, I mean, I believe in music. I want to do it as a living, but um, I think more than anything, I just believe in connection, you know, between people. And I think that's what music does. And it's what it's meant to do at the end of the day. Music has the most incredible way of bringing people together, like the most sort of unlikely groups of people or people who otherwise would not have even bothered speaking to each other. And it's, it's honestly, it's magical. Like it's, it's one of the, the binding forces of life 
100%. I couldn't agree with you more, man. I consider it as a sixth sense. I always tell people you get uh, your smell, you get your hear, you get your touch, you get your sight. Um, or oh, flip, what's the other one? I forgot the other sense. <laughs> oh, I think that I guess there's no, there's five senses, I guess. Um, and then uh, music is definitely a sixth one, bro, because it's just I kind of it kind of incorporates all of them at the same time. We'll be right back. You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on it, it only takes structure. And, and you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah, know what I mean. So, do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little? You know I mean, yeah, yeah, we all we all artists over here, man. I'm trying, oh, yeah, I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah, we all artists, man. We go, you feel me? We gonna have this like. Me and my man, like me and my man Kai, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this shit. I gotta lie, we play with this shit right now for for. I gotta lie, don't play with it. Take that shit serious. Yeah, like it's it's interesting. It's it's one of those things you hear it, you feel it. It's ah man, it's just I I can't begin to describe it. Uh, no, absolutely, absolutely. You you just gotta feel it, man. and when you don't feel it, the last thing you got to do is toss your guitar, man. And I say that because I checked one of your videos with you tossing your guitar to the side. And I was like, I hope that guitar landed on a bed or like some so, pants. <laughs> so funny because like I got so many comments on TikTok like, I, I, I feel this way, but I would never do that to my guitar. And I'm like, guys, please, no instrument, no instrument was harmed in the making. Of oh, it. thank goodness, bro. Like my heart really stopped when I saw that. I was like, guys, I still use that guitar like regularly, like it's in so many other videos. And <laughs> yo, man, but yeah. at that point in time, the like the bed was literally right there off camera. So it just went like on gently onto the bed. Like <laughs> Thank goodness, man. Goodness me. You really uh like I had to just like put my hand on my chest and make sure that my heart was still beating after that because that's a nice guitar that you have there man i mean that's a nice freaking model of guitar it's <laughs> <laughs> just yeah yeet um <laughs> so everyone's everyone's considered doing that at some point with music it's it's hard like practicing or learning music is difficult and there's sometimes where you just you think you can get something right and it's just not happening. And that frustration builds up and paints up and makes you hate it. And then like five minutes later, you're back trying to do it again. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's just, I, I guess us musicians just have some sort of a different determination, bro. It's like, you know, like we will just graft and graft and graft until we eventually get it right, man. Um, but I mean, for what it's worth, you were tackling some pretty hardcore techniques there, man. I mean, like that was full on sweet picking, you know, so like um, you got to give yourself some grace for that one, you know. <laughs> I, like, uh, I wanted to ask you, like, uh, I was I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw the the sitar. Like, please, please, I am so curious about that. Please talk to me a bit about that that instrument. Oh man, oh that thing is epic, bro. Um, so I never actually thought I would I would own one, you know. But the one day, um, there's a very good friend of mine that I, 
that I used to play with a lot in um, in J Bay. His name is Brandon Watson, um, and anyway, him and his wife make the most incredible folk music. And um, I mean, they're such an inspiration. They um, they they have five children. They surf. They skate, and they have written three albums together. I mean, if that's not couple goals, I I don't know what is. You know, I mean, that's just incredible. Yeah, so um, you know, Brandon has gone through his whole life um, collecting different instruments, um, you know, foreign instruments, local instruments, and he got his hands on a sitar all the way from Mumbai in India, and um, he decided that he wanted to sell it, but he wanted to sell it to someone he actually just he had some sort of relationship with. So, needless to say, I jumped on that train as quickly as I could. I was like, dude, I, I need this thing in my life. <laughs> and he was like, 100%. Um, so, I purchased it off of him. And, man, playing on that thing for the first time was a trip. I mean, you know, first off, it's very different to a guitar. People think it's similar to a guitar. It is similar, but very different. Um, so, you, you know, you're not exactly pressing the string down on a fretboard, man. You're pressing the string down in midair and the fret rods are actually curved. So you can bend those strings up till about five semitones, something ridiculous like that, you know? Um, yeah, whereas on a guitar, it's probably like the highest you could go is maybe like two or three semitones, you know, um, whereas on a guitar, you can go all the way up to about five or six semitones. Um, so it's quite a trip actually like fretting a string. Oh, first off, you're actually just playing the bottom two strings. So you're not actually playing the top strings because they just meant for harmonics at the end of the day. Um, so you're just fretting the bottom two strings, but you're pushing them down in mid-air, which means you can actually wobble them around as much as you can. But you you should obviously try not to wobble them too much. Otherwise, you're going to go off pitch of what you actually want to play. <laughs> so it's a trippy instrument, bro, but it's amazing. That's so sick, though. So you can bend the string just by fretting down hard enough. Yeah, literally, bro. So, I mean, if you picture like the the fret rods on your guitar right but imagine if they weren't flat down on the fretboard imagine if they were standing up and they were curved in like a half moon shape now the string sits on top of that kind of thing so when you play the string and you press down you're pretty much pressing it down in mid-air and then you can bend it all the way down to that loop pretty much that's how sitar actually works <laughs> that's so sick like I actually, I actually didn't like. I've never, I've actually never spoken to anyone who's ever played one in person. So, the more you know, <laughs> bro, it's amazing. I mean, if you get the opportunity to uh, to get your hands on one, I highly suggest it. Otherwise, when I'm in Durban, maybe for a tour sometime soon, or if you're in Cape Town, I'm definitely going to make you a cup of coffee and let you have a cruise on the Sitar, bro. <laughs> oh, yes, I will gladly take that offer. Oh my word, did you do a video with Stan Sibande? I've done two. I've done two with Stanley. Oh man, that's amazing. He's a good homie of mine. Really, really cool guy. Absolutely love Stanley. Love his music. Love him as a human being. Stan, we love you, bro. We love you so much. Stop being such a stranger and scream more now that you have a brand new uh, Sure mic. You know, I mean, seriously, bro. <laughs> I love it when artists on the show, like no other artists who've been on the show, 
and like you can just end up like talking about them and then they just know that there's this conversation that's occurred about them somewhere on the internet bro that's the, it's the best thing ever i mean for example i know that ash has been on uh, on your podcast before and she's one of my best friends i see her on a on a weekly basis you know and her and i is this ash kun yeah we've walked a very long road together and i absolutely love her to bits and uh yeah we we're doing a lot of uh, music together soon as well so yeah man i'm so stoked for that because i dude she's like the sweetest human being it's just like it's so much fun talking to her because she's just so like unabashedly sweet like it's just <laughs> yeah no she's amazing she's incredible her she released her her, uh, her first single as well quite recently and um you know like she just deserves all the success that's coming her way you know like we walk a very close road we share the same agents uh llewellyn screen who is just such an incredible guy um you know so it's it's amazing to walk such a long and close intimate road with her you know musically it's amazing no that's so sick and i wanted to ask you was like uh also going through while searching you on youtube i found what was it like playing on the espresso show dude so crazy man um, it was a rad experience, really, really cool experience. Um, I was nervous as heck. <laughs> I mean, the, you know, the first time you're going onto television, it's like, you have no idea what to expect. Um, there's, you know, time limits involved, there's schedules involved and you're just like, oh my gosh, this is so much, but you know, the, when we got there, I mean, it was it was 6 a.m. in the morning and it was lank early, um, especially for us musicians, man. I mean, geez, our days don't start till 1 p.m., you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> um, so, but it was amazing. It was, it was really, really cool. And um, the people were also so welcoming, you know, it was nice to meet Graham and it was nice to meet Ryle and and all of them, I mean, they are just the most down to earth people and kindest people as well, you know, and they just make you feel at home and at co- and so comfortable. And um, it was a, it was just such an incredible experience to be a part of that. So yeah, I mean, again, very thankful to um, my amazing agent Llewellyn Screen for making that happen. Um, yeah, hopefully sometime soon again it will happen. Yeah. No, oh, that's so cool. It looked like it was such a blast though, and. Like, obviously, there was like a little bit different to the track. Were you using a, a loop pedal? I did, yeah. So, recently, I invested in a Boss RC500. I wanted to actually get the RC30, but apparently, they discontinued them. So, um, the guy that I, well, the, the piece that I usually buy a lot of my gear from uh, and these days in a music experience in Brooklyn and Cape Town, um, he was like, dude, um, the RC 500 is literally going for a hundred rand more than what the RC 30 used to go for. I was like, oh my goodness. Okay. I might as well go for that. And, uh, yeah, dude, it, it turns out you can, you know, pretty much pre-record your loops and save them. And, you know, I mean, I think it's got like a, a content library of like a hundred different uh, slots that you can actually save different things. I was going to ask so, about that because like I was, I was looking at an, I was listening. So I was like, I'm sure that's a loop pedal. And I was, I was watching and I was like, did he like have prep before they started? Did, was he like standing there, like looping things quickly before? Like, was there, was he, was he told at the last minute that there's like a time limit? So he's like, fuck, let me just loop some shit quickly so that I have, so, <laughs> you know, so I don't have to start from scratch. Fuck. Like, so that makes 
that makes way like that was my thought process like that what what you explained to me now makes way more sense that yeah <laughs> it's like dude that, that that's the very thing Marcel. like that is the reason why i pre-recorded it dude because i was crapping myself about stuffing up on a loop station can you imagine stuffing up on a loop station on live television i mean dude no ways so i decided let me it would be so embarrassing <laughs> oh, it would have been terrible so i decided let me rather just pre-record these loops uh, you know have them saved so that i can just switch between the two channels and go into the show have it nice and rehearsed and play the songs you know and um it worked out a lot better that way rather than like you know trying to start a loop like on live tv messing up and then stopping it and be like sorry i'm going to reset that and try again <laughs> oh that's that's hilarious dude that's hilarious like I'm, I'm sorry like it makes so much more sense now and i feel you like, like the thing about being an artist especially a performing one is that nerves never go away you can't you get you get used to dealing with it you get used to the feeling so you know what yeah. that feeling is but like the actual nerves about it like the nervousness and the, that that doesn't go away yeah no absolutely um it doesn't and um you know i think the nerves also just keep you human man i mean like i've i've read a lot of different biographies of you know, I mean, different guys, you know, I mean, looking into Steven Tyler's books and, you know, um, Mr. Anthony from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And, you know, a lot of them have said after a while, they started feeling so numb going to shows, you know. So, I mean, it's like you'll step out onto stage and you'll be playing for 100,000 people, but yet you'll feel completely numb doing so. And... You know, a lot of them say they miss the feeling of being nervous for shows, you know. So actually, like, it, as weird as it sounds, I hope that the nerves never go away because they really just... I get, I, I get what you mean by that. I really get what you mean yeah, by that. Yeah, they keep you on your toes. They keep you down to earth and they remind you that what is happening is real and intimate and epic you know <laughs> so yeah do you do you remember the feeling you had when you played your first show when you performed for the first time in front of people like or a crowd at a, your first gig do you remember that feeling dude of course i'll never i'll never forget it it was actually in a church <laughs> Um, it was in a church. It was the first band, proper band that I formed called Poke the Bear. And we had written the song called Revelation Road. And um, the the whole intro of the song is just an acoustic intro, you know, so of finger picking. So there I am sitting in front of this entire crowd, you know, busy like finger picking. And I just remember the feeling of sweat on my <laughs> palms, bro. I mean, <laughs> I I didn't need a slide, bro. Like my, my palm was a slide enough, <laughs> you know, so it became Eminem in that moment. Palm, palm yeah. sweaty. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, kind of like you don't need a slide, bro. I mean, like you could pretty much do it with like your index finger. No probs, bro. Just from the amount of sweat that's running off of your fingers. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was a crazy feeling, man. Um, and uh you know it's something that you just you want to hold on to for as long as you can because um it's it, i i guess like eventually you it's not like you grow accustomed to it but you get more comfortable performing 
kind of when you you have a rough idea of what to expect but i mean these days it's crazy you just don't know what to expect some shows i've gone to and i call them invisible shows because i mean you'll stand there and do your thing and people won't even notice that you're there um and then other shows you'll just have everyone that's around you with their eyes glued on what you're doing and all of a sudden you have to click your focus eyes on you know so um, I guess you just, at the end of the day, just got to do what you do best and uh, go in there, play the songs, pretend like you're back in the bedroom and just do it the best way that you can, you know? Yeah, I like I like that term, the, the invisible shows. Like that's a, I've never heard that before. Like it's a, it's a cool way of describing it. I don't really think like in the metal community, like it's hard to be like to have an invisible show because you know, it kind of, it's loud and it's aggressive yeah. and it, it demands focus. But I do have what I like to refer to as uh, practice on stage nights, where <laughs> if you know you're, you're playing a graveyard gig or whatever, it's just essentially a practice on stage, have a blast. Yeah, that's a, a practice on stage. I like that as, as well. Practice on stage and invisible show go hand in hand. It's It's very, very true. Um, but I do agree with you in the sense of like when it comes to a metal gig, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty hard to ignore someone, you know, going full on like, <laughs> you know, I mean, like full on pig squills and stuff like <laughs> It's like, look at me. I'm doing something right now. <laughs> I've just got this. I got this image of like a lady sitting and trying to eat it, like, you know, just eating her dinner, like nonchalantly. And there's just this dude like in the background, <laughs> she's just <laughs> casually like eating dinner. You know? Bro, that's what I love about metal though. I mean, metal is like, it's just so real on so many levels, first of all. And it also demands your attention. You know, it's like, okay, this is happening right now. Turn your attention towards this. Because this is going to blow your freaking mind. And I mean, I guess the metal scene is also pretty much the only scene in the entirety of the music industry of the world where you can actually get knocked in the face by someone in a mosh pit and be like, yo, dude, we're friends now. <laughs> yeah, that just doesn't happen anywhere else. Uh, definitely. Like the, the whole like unspoken rules of the mosh pit for me is so interesting. Like, obviously, there's exceptions. But like I find that I found the general rule of thumb, like even the roughest bands that I've gone to go watch, like uh, I watched a, a band called Crucifixion, and they are defined as yeah they're they're rough, and they <laughs> they uh, lit pigs' heads on fire once at a show. Wow! And wow! You can, uh, you can only imagine how like violent the mosh was, but. Even in something like that, people, someone fell over, they were picked up, they were treated with respect, and <laughs> it's, it blows my mind, honestly. That is nuts, bro. I mean, that. I mean, I was about to say, like, call the Gorgoroth ambulance, you know, because that's straight down Gorgoroth's, um, uh, you know, alleyway, bro. I mean, like, they sound like angry wasps, you know. <laughs> you know, I mean... So 
That is pretty nuts that it's like you can actually physically watch a pig's head being lit on fire in front of your face, still fall down and have someone kindly say, hey, can I kick you? Can I, can I pick you up just so that I can kick your ass again? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like such a contrast. It's, it, it blows my mind. I love it. Dude, the metal scene is the best thing in the world, man. I honestly call it the hope of the music industry because it – I've met the nicest people in the world through the metal scene. Yeah, no, likewise. Eh? Like, it's just like a lot of them where we're, I have this weird reputation for just being the happiest person alive on stage. So playing very angry music, but I just look so friendly and just so amazing. Just happy to be there. And I know so yeah. many guys like that where outside, like uh, they'll get off stage after playing an absolute uh, aggressive set. They're like, Dude, thank you. Like, I appreciate you. Thank you for coming out. They're like, they're just so fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. That's amazing. That is the metal scene for you, though, bro. It's like everyone thinks that we're like these freaking, you know, kids that are going to rituals by night, you know, but actually we're just normal freaking people chowing two-minute noodles like everyone else. Luke, <laughs> <laughs> like, what are your plans for the rest of this year? Like, what have you, what have you got on the works? That you, is it something, anything that you could talk about? Or Man, so we got some really exciting things coming up, and I'm sure I can share it on here, like, no problem. I mean, it's going to get people excited as well, you know. So um, uh, one of my very good friends, his name is Jeffrey Monks. Uh, he's one of the best pianists that I've had the pleasure of, of meeting. Um, and he pretty much plays on the cruise ships for a living. And we're in the process, process of recording his uh, album. Uh, so we've got a 10-track album that we're recording for him, and we're in the production phase of it at the moment. Um, and uh, then the next single is due for the end of July. So we have got a new single coming out. Well, I've got a new single coming out. Um, it's it's a pretty awesome song. I'm very passionate about it. Um, we're going to go to a high school to record the music video for it. And it's going to involve me kind of dressing up like a teacher here and there. So that's going to be very interesting. Um, but it's going to be very cool. It's kind of along the lines of, um, you know, like being the, you could probably relate. It's about being a, the black sheep in, in the school, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's being the kid that like your parents th think that you're strange, your peers think that you are an outsider and your teacher thinks that you should be in detention 24 seven, you know? So it's about being that kind of kid because I've been that kid in my own life. So I decided to write a song about it and it's called uh, Superhuman and that's going to be coming out in the next two or three months. Um, and then the super exciting part is we have got a merch line coming out. So we've actually got some t-shirts um, in the works and some caps and we're also going to get some really cool gimmicky uh, gimmicky key, gimmicky key vibe going <laughs> with uh with even some like couch pillow like luke and joshua couch pillows and you know um just cool kind of things that people would like to own so um you know we really want to take it a little bit further and um and really turn it into like a brand that people can represent for themselves you know so um yeah, so we've got a merch line coming up. We've got a garden tour happening in July, which is going to be really epic. Um, just to go down to J Bay and uh, play a bit of the Winterfest there. Um, 
and then yeah towards the end of the year i think there's a festival or two involved i i checked there were, my agent sent me a an event the other day that uh there's a festival happening in Pretoria. I think Jack Parrow and them are headlining and Jack Frost. And uh, he was like, dude, I totally want to put you on this lineup. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. You know? Um, so there's just also momentum happening at the moment and I'm grateful for it. And um, yeah, man, it seems like just a lot of growth is ahead um, coming up in the year and more music and more cool stuff <laughs> so sick though i'm so excited like it's like the 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 album just and i, I would i would get a plow like i like a throw that would be such a cool like novelty like you know i often have people over at my house and they know what a music nut i am and how much i love the south african music scene so it would be fitting it really would be fitting that's awesome dude well you're the first person i want to send a pillow to then you've just signed yourself up for one oh, hell, hell yes <laughs> yeah. i've got the, the chance to jam on a sitar and a pillow out of this i'm fucking stoked i mean what more <laughs> do you need bro like goodness me. yeah <laughs> you've got a, a sitar to play on and you've got a pillow to lean it on when you're not playing it yeah, the, the w's <laughs> just keep coming um like, <laughs> now uh, where can people find you on social media where where's the the platforms that you are most active on that people can interact with you find your music and learn more about you so i'm definitely um definitely way more active on instagram and facebook at the moment um yeah so i'm trying to get my youtube a little bit more uh, frequent and consistent so um really trying to build that uh build that house a bit more but at the moment i mean you know all the music is up on all major platforms it's on spotify and apple music and um amazon music and all of the above um but yeah i mean if people want to contact me and uh have a nice chat with me and maybe hear a good dad joke they can definitely contact me on instagram or facebook man oh that's fantastic and then in terms of like what we usually do is we play out with a song from the artist what song right now i think the single that you have right now is the one it, that's the only song that you have released at this point eh? yes that's okay. correct so we're going to end off with it why can't i remember the name now what it's uh, what makes us fly uh, what, yeah, I, I knew i knew man. it had i knew it had fly in it i was like um so that, so. <laughs> ding 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 i'm proud of you bro <laughs> wait wait i have a i have a melody to play for that exact quote that you just did right now but let me i've got my piano in front of me so let me see if i can actually nail it um um <laughs> there you go that, that's exactly the melody i was thinking of when you were like oh what's the name what's the name <laughs> like look thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat with me i really really appreciate it even with the the reschedule that had to be done thank you so much for taking the time i've really enjoyed having this chat with you man it's such a pleasure bro thank you so much for reaching out i i absolutely love what you guys are doing um you know for artists and for south african musicians in particular you know i mean it's really it's things like what you guys are doing that are really just empowering us and inspiring us and also just giving us 
the confidence to keep doing what we're doing. So I commend you guys for doing what you're doing. And I just, I know that it's going to be going somewhere big and um, I'm lucky enough to be along for the road to watch that. Created with free version for non-commercial use.